The Digital Head Voice podcast is brought to you by MedTech Word in collaboration with Digital Health Mota. All the tools, 22. Something like some Maltese Tumblr here where we have the, you know, like all this excitement going on. And I can't believe that we are at episode number 22. And uh, today with us, we're going to have Anton Hasselgren, who is a researcher at the Norway University of Technology and Science. And over there, um, Anton is actually researching on blockchain in healthcare. Furthermore, he is also a digital health specialist at Accenture. And I think we have a lot to learn from him and to kind of absorb, especially about distributed ledger technologies in healthcare. And with that in mind, we dive deep into the podcast. So welcome, Anton. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. And I'm I'm looking forward to speak to you because you bring a bit more like this distributed ledger technologies approach to the whole and this lens, which is very important to the whole healthcare IT digital health picture. But I I want to be a bit more basic than that, Anton. And I want to ask you like, what's your digital health journey? What brought you here with us today? Like, how did you end up on a digital health podcast? How did that happen? Sure. Yeah. So uh, first of all, thanks very much for inviting me, Stefan. It's always a pleasure to to talk to you, and it's going to be fun to talk to you in this format as well. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good and a quite a big question. How, how did I end up uh, where I am today? So basically, my uh, my academic uh, journey started with me studying more towards uh, sports science and public health, and uh, during this uh, pro- uh, process in my bachelor, I I got sort of introduced to the to medical technology, to digital technologies within the within the broad scope of, of health. Uh, and after my bachelor's, I continued with uh, a master's in global health uh, because uh, I want to have a sort of a broader broader focus on uh, the the global environment and the international uh, health landscape. Uh, and also during these studies, I saw sort of the the impact that digital health and new digital technologies can do in the space of, of global health. Um, so I really wanted to continue in the in the field of medical technology. Uh, and after my, my master's, I got the opportunity to uh, continue with a with a PhD in uh, in uh, medical informatics, specializing in looking into uh, the applications of blockchain technology within the space of, of healthcare. So. This is what I've been doing for the last uh, four years as a sort of uh, my main occupation. And I've also been involved in uh, a couple of uh, startups uh, focusing on the medical technology uh, during this uh, during this time. And sort of in the intersect uh, between uh, um, digital technology and global health, I would say. Wow, that's so that's that's just cool for me, you know, like from sports science and public health going further, you know, into blockchain DLT, like pretty cool, I have to admit. And uh, we also had the opportunity to know each other through the European Public Health Association. So that's also really great. You know how you, we make the links in different ways, like the pathways, how how even the conversations converge, you know, at the end of the day, you know, 
if there is a determination by both parties to make things happen like how uh, how great that is you know what i'm really curious i mean you you've told us about your journey but i'd love to hear a bit more about your research and projects and especially how uh, how you communicate these outcomes have you published anything yet uh, especially in relation to the work you've done like have you seen this work maybe even better? Because we love the practical side, like even in digital health mode and medtech, where we really love the practice. Has this translated into something like an, an, an amazing uh, startup or an interesting project? Like the floor is yeah, yours. Sure. So definitely. So during my my uh, research in my PhD project, uh, I mean, I started on, on this work uh, about four years ago now. And uh, during that time, there was the, the field of blockchain and blockchain healthcare was very new. There was uh, very few people who, who knew anything and uh, the publications or the, the peer-reviewed publications that we had back then were quite, uh, I would say the quality was very shifting. So there was not really any good directions within the research field of blockchain in, in uh, the health sector. So there was uh, some navigation there in the start, okay, how should we, uh, what kind of method can we use to sort of dissect this area, uh, what is actually needed in the research community. Uh, so I started by doing a, quite a large uh, systematic review over all the, all the peer-reviewed uh, publications within this area. And then an outcome of that research was that, uh, as I mentioned, the quality was very shifting. Uh, but we also, we also saw that the quality was increasing uh, sort of year by year and even month by month. Uh, so, uh, uh, well, this study we did uh, about uh, three years ago. Uh, and uh, I mean, a lot has happened since, uh, since then. I mean, both in, in public health uh, in general, of course, uh, since we had had a, a pandemic sense and also within the field of medical technology and maybe especially in, in, in blockchain and, uh, uh, and uh, distributed ledger technology. So, I mean, now is the direction in the research is, is much more clear. There are clearer methods that you can use, and there is much more value to find in these peer-reviewed publications. So I have a, I have a number of, of publications on the subject in, in peer-reviewed um, journals. I also try to communicate uh, the results of the research and also my sort of general opinions uh, about this space in, uh, in all kinds of formats, uh, conferences, podcasts uh, and such uh, we also have uh, or we are in the in the starting phase of forming a company with uh, with, with the outcomes of, of uh, one of the research uh, sort of small uh, projects that we did uh, so we have a concept that we call uh, verify med which we hope it could be some kind of commercial uh, venture uh, quite soon so this is also a way to sort of communicate the, the research results and sort of get the results uh, to benefit uh, the larger community. Wow, you got me thinking there, Anton. Um, I mean, no, it's, uh, I think the really and truly, this, the sky is the limit now. And even like this verify med, hmm, it's like making me think about healthcare professionals, verification. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious like how that will turn out. And uh, it's also great that you got the, the opportunity to share your knowledge outside of academia as well, you know, like opening and, and branching out. And that's really and truly because that's the beauty of academia when there is this knowledge transfer. Uh, that makes it like even more meaningful. 
And I know there, like, there is a really big change sometimes when, and this happened in digital health in general in the past years, like when these are like uncharted territories. It's not like the usual, for example, cardiology research or the usual, you know, research in any other clinical or medical specialty. There's a special kind of this, there's this, this, this design. Um, but I just want you very quickly, if you can, Anton, can you just take, we have, you know, we have really a wide audience in our podcast. Can you just explain super quickly, maybe in something that we can really understand what a systematic review is? Just like really quickly, you know, like to, to have an idea. Sure. Uh, so a systematic review is basically a way to summarize what has already been done in a research topic. So uh, you try to summarize it in a systematic way. So there's, uh, so you try to minimize the bias in, in, in your summary. So you try to sort of uh, map it out as objectively as possible. Uh, and this is a common way to sort of summarize the, the overall research results in, in a particular uh, research topic. Yeah, and you involve more than one person, I guess, right, in the systematic review. Did you have yes. the opportunity to do that? Exactly. So the, that's one way to reducing the biases in the, in the overview. So you're supposed to have uh, at least a few people that do the, the, the review of the of the selected uh, publications that you're considering including in the review. And that way you sort of, you're not basing your results on just sort of how one person interprets the, uh, the criteria that you have uh, set up. Because even though you have quite strict criteria uh, on what to include uh, uh, and not, uh, there's always some kind of subjectivity into how to interpret this criteria. So the more people, the more objective. Hmm, yes, I mean, I, I think I can, we can wrap our, our head around that, but um, cool, like really, I mean, uh, you're doing so many things, Anton, and like when I when I follow your LinkedIn profile or your updates, I'm, really, I'm always like really happy to see this developments going on, especially in block, especially because sometimes blockchain, you know, it's like related only to cryptocurrency, you know, and it's, and it's really and truly kind of, um, you know, it's not just about cryptocurrency, it's about, you know, how much like value, there's like this transactional element, which is going on so many times in healthcare, there are so many transactions going on in healthcare, that we needed a technology which can really work well. And even now, when we see the evolution of web 3.0, we're seeing the evolution of like a different architecture of the internet, even uh, that there is really a bigger, bigger po possibility and, and a bigger like a possibility, especially for this technology to become a more integral part of our lives, maybe even without realizing that it's there because it's so integral that you, that's like a, an, another like, like layer of transparency. But now I'm gonna give you some opportunity for some blue sky thinking, Anton, you know, here now. Uh, how do you, like, what's the future like for digital health and medtech from your perspective and uh, especially the university and the organization we work with. Um, I know that Norway is one of the leaders, especially in digital health, and even Sweden um, uh, is one of, also one of the big the leaders there. But how do you see it like fit in or like, how do you see the pieces of the puzzle come together? Is there a point where you say, aha, in like this eureka moment for everyone? Well, I think, I mean, we are facing quite, quite a large uh, problems within the, within the health sector, mainly due to the democratic uh, shift in the population. So 
we're going to be more and more people getting uh, getting older and going to have more complex uh, uh, chronic diseases. So we have more people to to treat and take care for for a longer longer period of time. And of course, this is a is a is a positive thing because we live longer and. Uh, we have we can treat more diseases and so on, but it will put uh, enormous uh, amount of pressure on the on the healthcare systems, not just in uh, in Scandinavia and Europe, but all over the whole world. And also in in low resource countries, you have this the same problem with the demogra democratic uh, uh, demographic shift, but you also have the the sort of the, the old problems that's, that still are present with uh, malnutrition and, uh, and uh, malaria, HIV, and, and all these other kinds of, of health uh, problems. So healthcare systems all over the, the, the planet are, are facing quite, quite the, the pressure. And I think to manage this, we, we need to take, uh, we need to develop and we need to take uh, in use new tools. And the digital tools is, is of course, one way of, of, uh, of handling these problems. For, for example, we could deal with the shortest of, of healthcare professionals. Uh, I mean, there's shortest pretty much everywhere in the world now, but there's, there's a larger shortage in, in certain places in the world. And we could maybe uh, uh, overcome these shortest by, uh, by uh, telemedicine solutions. We could have AI health workers instead of sort of real health workers. Uh, so I think the telemedicine and the implementation of AI tools that could free up the time of the sort of the, the real healthcare professionals, that will be the, the sort of the big game changer, I think. Yeah, like addressing this health workforce gap, because no matter how many humans we put at it at the end of the day, there's still going to be the gap because of this growing demographics. I, I mean, I fully agree with you there. Uh, that that technology can really at least help fill the gap, you know, help make, or at least help make feel, make the gap feel smaller, you know, at least, especially when we're dealing with scale, especially when we're dealing with issues of access. So technology definitely has a has a role there. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, uh, Anton. We're already getting closer and closer to the end of this podcast and i mean it's incredible because i had such a such a pleasant conversation with you and you and the pleasant conversations happen when different parts of your brain start getting activated whilst listening to that person say oh is this oh it's that you know and start making the connections that's the beauty of having these wonderful conversations but i have like a now like a maybe a bit more like a chilled question like we 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 know that you were in Malta for MedTechWare 2021 and we really appreciated that you that you made it all the way here to our uh, little island here but like what like we want to hear from you what was your experience like did you enjoy it um i know that there were some challenges at the end because we had to like literally rush out of the building uh, for safety reasons and uh, and we uh, and I believe I'm not sure if you had a session, but we couldn't do that session. But are you gonna make up for it in MedTechWare 2022? Like, what's what are your thoughts? Like, what are your experiences, memories? Yeah, so uh, I, I really enjoyed the, the the conference. It was a lot of good content uh, content in the conference, and there was some amazing amazing people there that uh, that I talked to. And also visiting Malta for me the first time was uh, it's pretty amazing uh, place. So. Uh, was definitely a nice experience, but uh, 
It's quite uh, funny uh, you mentioned uh, what happened here in the end of the conference. Uh, I mean, this is of course no uh, criticism to the organizers. This is just uh, this is just uh, uh, the circumstances. But uh, I had my sort of my speaking slot uh, at the end of the the conference, and uh, uh, while being on stage with uh, with some some other people, suddenly the the fire alarm went off, and we had to evacuate uh, the building. Uh, so we had we hadn't really had the opportunity to to finish our uh, roundtable uh, discussion, but uh, I hope uh, we can have the opportunity to to do it again uh, next year and uh, yeah. Maybe this year, yeah, like in uh, 2022 in November. I mean, <laughs> I have to do it like uh, it's it's uh, it's it's so it's uh, interesting how stories turn out. But then there was, you know, there, what was interesting is that it ended up being like a round table discussion outside because everyone was speaking with each other, everyone was networking. And really, yeah. truly, like that, that is the beauty of the conferences because if you had to kind of just um, just to just like focus on the content it can be done virtually if it's just content but if it's real life networking and you know creating meaningful conversations then really and truly uh we need to you know um be in touch be in touch yeah. and speak to people and uh, be there yeah so i i definitely agree with you i actually had uh, some of the best conversation during the conference uh, after we evacuated the building, then uh, people was uh, quite easy to approach, and uh, the, the conversation was uh, was quite easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Also, I wanted to pass a comment that your beard really suits you, Anton, because I'm really used to you seeing you without the beard. I said, "Oh, that's cool, man." <laughs> um, but this is this is the, this is the cool part about the the podcast, definitely. Now, we have an opportunity here now. Um, we're coming at the end of the call and you have one minute Anton to raise awareness on any topic of your choice so there is something it can it doesn't have to be healthcare related it could be anything but it's something you have like one minute to raise awareness on like something which is close to your heart or something which is really meaningful go for it okay yeah thanks uh, Stefan so uh, I want to take this opportunity to speak quite shortly on, on blockchain and what blockchain could do in healthcare. So first of all, blockchain is not cryptocurrencies because a lot of people directly uh, associate blockchain with cryptocurrencies. Yes, it is used in cryptocurrencies, but it could do so much else. And we have evolved in, in a point in technology now where we have really proven that the technology is working and is solid. And we do have good use cases in the healthcare um, sector where this technology could really make a difference. For example, we could put uh, vaccination certificates on a blockchain or distributed ledger. We could put uh, verifications of, of competence and skills of, of healthcare professionals. Or we can put the, the ownership of your medical records uh, we can direct that to the patient, so the patient feel and have the ownership of their health data. That could empower patients, and that could ultimately uh, make patients more, more uh, aware of their own uh, health and health status. I think that will be very important in, in the future to come, to give sort of more power to the patients uh, and to empower patients with, uh, with every tools that we have available. Lovely. Wow, that was spot on one minute there. 
And with that in mind, I would like to thank you, Anton. I would also like to thank our audience and remind you that you can follow the podcast on all different podcast channels. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can really find us anywhere. And also, you can even follow the video version of these podcasts, which is available on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and even some hints of it also on Twitter. And uh, thank you for that. Don't forget to rate us as well. Give us like a, ideally give us a five star. It would be really appreciated, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but let's say we'd love to hear your feedback. And with that in mind, I wish you Saha. Saha.